it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, folks, family, and friends, we are back here with another Speak Easy Short. Yo, Mike, what's good, fam? What's going on? What's up, Q? Introduce How are you, yourself. bro? Uh, yo, man, I'm chilling, good brother. I'm chilling, good brother. Please, please introduce yourself to the Speak Easy family. Hello, family. Uh, my name is Mike. We've been out at Galintel. I, uh, I was at YDS with Quadri, and the last time I saw him in person, he was at the bar I work at last March. <laughs> That's right before COVID, yo! That was the last shift that I worked. And I was Jesus like, Christ. that's Q. I know for a fact. <laughs> that's it. That was the last time. That was the last time we laid eyes on each other, right before all hell broke loose with COVID. Exactly. Before the apocalypse started. Before so. the apocalypse of COVID. <laughs> so here we are, brother. Here we are. Uh, it's good to see you virtually. You of too, man. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, we wish it was under uh, be better circumstances, which we're going to get into. <laughs> Um, in just a few <laughs> seconds, but uh, uh, Mike, definitely um, let the people know like uh, what you're working on right now and the extent to which your uh, activism and ministry extends, because I sure, think it's really important. Yeah. Um, I currently uh, I currently work as a campus minister here in Washington D.C. Uh, I work it's an all boys Jesuit Catholic high school. I moderate the Asian American Pacific Islander Club here on campus. I'm a second gen Filipino American and. Yeah, my work is just, and I'm and I'm Catholic, so cherry on the top of that very complicated. Time. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so I am, uh, I am just trying to make my man. I'm just trying to make my way and trying to figure figure all of this shit out as an educator, as a minister, as someone who works ten minutes away from the Capitol, right? So, like when all that when when the insurrection was happening. I, I looked at it on the news and I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly where that's going down. And so I thought, I'm gonna tell you right now, I thought being at Yale, it was proximate to power, but this is, this shit's on another level, man. Like this is something else. So yeah, man, I, this is, that's my work. That's what I'm just trying to do. I'm trying to make space for my Asian American students and, you know, just, just try to disrupt a little bit of the Catholic Church while I'm at it in my downtime. <laughs> and, and like real talk, that that's important work because I'm about to. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's really important work that needs to happen, uh, particularly with uh, Catholic schools. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I we got to do better. Is, yeah, this is. I mean, an all boys Catholic high school in the middle of Washington D.C. Right, like you have power, masculinity. Absolutely. Absolutely. race gender all of that is like right. bundled up into the into these halls and it is a yeah. it is a trip to <laughs> to yeah. uh, to be doing it sometimes absolutely yeah. mike I'm, I'm always gonna remember uh what was that class we were taking together in uh yds I oh think my it was god the first i know, I know of... exactly what you're gonna talk about it was um it was a history class with yes. um Hardy. Oh That's right. You're talk I know what you're talking about. Dr. Hardy. And Go we ahead. were in the same section, right? And we, we were, uh, what was that? One week we're discussing. Um, we're talking Bible, right? Is that what you're right. talking about? Yes. What the hell happened? Because like, see, now I'm having a hard time. Well, I think we were lecturing and Hardy was just talking about, he was saying like, you know, Catholics didn't really know their Bible scripture. And I just said from the back and I was just like, they don't know it now. <laughs> and I busted out laughing yeah. in the middle of class. Uh, yeah, it, it was great. 
Oh man, I yeah, I think about that moment all the time because I was like, I it just came out. I was like, no, I'm not going to say this, but <laughs> it was also like 8:30 in the morning too, right, and right. I was like, no, exactly. Not- so like we're we're, we're we're having no we're having no filter at 8:30 in the morning, and Dr. Hardy was the perfect professor for that class <laughs> yeah, um, to like bring that like match us with that same vibe and that same energy, and like Loki, oh, yeah. I think we 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 really need to try to uh, recreate some of that energy on this conversation that we're about to have because it's like <laughs> yo what yeah let's just channel that class man bro oh. like for real like th- this shit is so like in addition to it being yeah um a intersectional nightmare mm-hmm. of so many different interlocking forms of social oppression yeah yo like the shit is just straight up nasty i mean <laughs> i yeah i i mean you know, and we we would like we were just like we've been chopping it up. I think a little before we started talking about just how, you know, on the surface you was like, okay, like this is horrifying, right? Like, all right, we got six out of the eight people killed in this in these spas getting gunned down mm-hmm. by this twenty-one-year-old white dude, and then then you just his motivations behind it that yeah, of that's of the nasty part <laughs> dealing with the uh-huh. with his sex addiction and seeing these women as like temptations i'm like wait a second what are we doing plus the sheriff who who uses that weird like he had a bad day like this weird like boys will be boys mentality right absolutely like that that was all it was oh Oh my uh god so nasty so nasty and then finding out that that same sheriff holds the same kind of anti-asian rhetoric and sentiment with his fucking t-shirts of the COVID-19 Corona play. Like it is all just, it is so, it is so messy that even just like, I don't even have all of the words to try to go into, Mm -hmm. into, into each aspect. Right. Because I think, I mean, this is such a, uh, I'm not going to say a case study, but it is just Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as we're kind of just trying to talk about all of these interlocking forms, yeah. of oppression and evil it, in a lot of ways right like they it comes to a head in this particular moment mm-hmm. which is probably you know which is probably why in some ways it's getting a little more attention than some of the other stuff that's been happening over the last few weeks and months and even the last year right so that's my first that's my first kind yeah. of just like impressions of it um yeah it, it's a lot and and i think obviously like we 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 know how this game works right like we can spend our time intellectualizing and putting into fancy rhetoric all of these things that's happening right yeah um but but frankly i think a more um important conversation that needs to be had and why i'm interested in having this talk with you brother is like how the dynamics between um black american and asian american and pacific islander communities um, yeah, and not some of the best dynamics in those relationships mm-hmm. are coming forward in light yeah. of another heinous terrorist attack. Uh, this time, uh, targeting Asian women, right? For a bunch of the, and I, yo, I was just talking about this with someone that, like, I don't even like because this shit is just so nasty with the way, um, mm. like <laughs> these like nasty sexual repressed urges mm-hmm. uh, that, especially like as young men growing up around aggression, like we're not really taught to deal with in healthy ways well because i think we see it as part of our part of our growth right it's like actually this is this is part of 
of who we are. Boys will like, be boys. Oh my boys will God. be boys. Oh, that right? shit is so like, nasty. Oh my that's God. What it, that's what it sounds like. like it, gets, it, it gets reiterated for me when I hear that. When I heard that sheriff say, like, oh this guy God. had a bad day. Yeah, I like, this, I this is... This this is again like echoes of that same boys will be boys locker room talk masculinity like we we as men shouldn't deal with that it's actually on the burden of women to have to mitigate our urges like that's that's some toxic like she's a temptress uh-uh. like, so she's responsible but anyway yeah I, i'm not i'm not prepared to deal with that um substantially just yet because it's just so yeah. <laughs> god have mercy um but i think l- l- getting back to the dynamics between black and Asian American yeah. and Pacific Islander communities, right? I think one of the things that makes the solidarity such an issue, mm-hmm. um, which we've pointed to before when we was talking before we started recording is that like this whole oppression Olympic shit. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like, this is, I mean, yeah, we were just talking about this right before, like, this is it, right? This is, this is a perfect, perfect storm of what we think about when we're talking about oppression Olympics and don't get me started about what it's mm-hmm. even looking like in, in Asian American Pacific Islander communities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we could spend a whole goddamn series yep. on that. On that the topic. colorism within that or the exactly. socioeconomic. Yeah. Oh God. Uh-huh. Have mercy. Yep. We can't do that in, in a, in a speakeasy short. Nah, no, we nah, that, that like, that's a whole series. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You want to start a whole new podcast? Let's do it. Right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think something I've been thinking about a lot is like, it's, I've noticed that it's like, there's like this reaction, I think amongst like a lot of AAPI communities mm-hmm. early on about saying like, why aren't black folks standing up for us? Right. And they're like, why, why does it feel like we are standing on a hedge? And then, and then it just, that, that really rubs me uh-huh, uh-huh. in a complicated way because we're yeah. falling again into these oppression olympics uh-huh. which is you know a manifestation of white supremacy uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> of the man standing the white man standing on the hill and right. and having us just duke it out when really you yeah. know as i said to you before before we started recording it was like the goal is not is not us it's not it's not you versus me it's, right it's us versus versus the white right the right. white man <laughs> like like um, and, and seriously and, and that's the thing it's like if we if people of color if oppressed people around the world darker people around the world non-white people around the world if we really don't see what the problem is at this point like we're, we're foolish yeah we're screwed we're screwed right i remember especially this is like something i was thinking about especially like in the summer right was like just trying to trying trying to to talk to other asian americans about about the protests that were happening this summer one of the mm-hmm. things I was like trying to tell them was like I related back to my community, right? So something I mm-hmm. said a lot was like during during the Philippine American War, you had black soldiers who saw this shit that was going on, or like, nope, actually we're defecting, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we don't want this stuff happening. And so I think there are also these moments where like, well, okay, there's that. There's also right the Rainbow Coalition from Fred Hampton mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. '60s of like, no, mm-hmm. he like they they knew like we have to right. do this shit right. together or mm-hmm. we're screwed. And so. I, I don't go ahead go ahead and, and no i just think in general right like america has a shitty education system oh absolutely and it, it's more ahistorical than it actually is historical mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. just the the popular historical imagination and consciousness surrounding these um multiracial and multi-ethnic non-white coalition movements is often not the focus of critical pedagogy right in our education right 
Um, right. So it's it, like these things literally get lost in the sauce. Um, and then well, I it's think because also, you're trying to feed the sauce, right? Like, well, well, <laughs> right. Exactly. Because part of it is like the his, the history. I think that we're trying to create is based around, and this is this is too hot of a take in some ways. But like, in some ways, it's like, what's the narrative that we want to create in our citizens, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, what kind mm -hmm. of people are we trying to form that have this weird, weird, like idealistic American nationalism that's mm -hmm. part of our identity, mm -hmm. right? Like, so so it makes sense that we tell that we tell a very very different story mm -hmm. in in the spirit of forming those citizens right <laughs> and perpetuating whiteness as as a Boom. cultural and social exactly. norm right right so it, it, and then i think uh, let, let's talk about specifically another problem that i encountered in a very unique way at yds and i'm interested in getting your take on this uh one of the re and, and I'm saying this because I think it's a legitimate barrier to mm -hmm. um, this running the oppression Olympics, this preventing us from having these sustained um, dialogues and support of other oppressed peoples amongst socio-racial barriers, right? Because again, it, we need to find a way to be 100% sold for um, issues, and I'm talking specifically about people of color right now yeah. with an emphasis on Black American, Asian American, and Pacific Islander islander communities we need yeah. to find a way to be 100 percent faithfully committed to issues um that are killing us and affecting us individually and as an individual mm -hmm. community mm -hmm. and also understand how that is inextricably linked and bonded to yeah. the oppression of other especially people of color we have to oh, one of the absolutely. things that it needs to be the, it's like there's no other alternative like not having this understanding and not moving forward with it will eventually lead to our biological extinction like there's no getting around mm -hmm. it one of the challenges to that that i experienced in a very direct way while we was at yds was um and i and i speak openly about all the time like if i could go back and do it again i probably wouldn't have went to yds it wasn't um the right mm -hmm. particularly um intellectual and vocational fit for where i find myself um uh, as a protestant christian um i hear that and and part of that experience was being constantly beaten over the head with Christian fundamentalist ideas, oh. particularly mm -hmm. Protestant Christian fundamentalism, right? Wow. And, 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 and it's like one of the constant things that I saw that it was sometimes it was subtly communicated, other times sure. it was very directly communicated that in order wow. to be the right kind of Christian, both in uh -huh. practice and doctrine and in intellectual theory, you have to transcend your identity as a black person in oh. order to do that. Oh. Right. And it's like, yes, yeah, yeah. frankly, like this is a hallmark of the colonizers religion sure yeah um, yeah absolutely one of the things that i encountered at yds was the direct communication of this was typically coming from asian students at Ooh. yds right and, and i think yeah it really took me a while to um like not, not only just on a intellectual level but on a as co-laborers in christ level understand mm -hmm. wait they're doing this shit for the same reasons that the people in black churches would tell me I'm not a Christian if I go into detail for the things that I believe. It's because like historically their first introduction to Christianity was from white colonizers too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, it's interesting that you're saying that too, right? Because so 
So this mirrors to me right on the 16th, the Catholic Church celebrated 500 years of Magellan showing up to the Philippines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and have celebrated 500 years of Christianity here in the, <laughs> in the country, right? And so right. It, it makes sense to me, right, that like the, 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 way, the ways and means in which those particular communities are operating from are the colonizer's religion, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that also, also it, that also, and I think I talked about this earlier, or at least had mentioned it or wrote about it, was like the proximity that Asian American Pacific Islanders played in being co-opted by whiteness as being acceptable enough right like that that to me like i see a direct line being thrown being drawn between your experience there and and that proximity right like i don't mm-hmm. think those two things are actually separate right like mm-hmm. this is this 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 breeds to me like notions of benevolent assimilation mm-hmm. model minority right like mm-hmm. that that all yeah. tracks yep. and and manifests itself in the same way of like when we talk about fundamentalist protestant ideals coming from coming from particular asian students um at yds that yeah i see i just like in my head i see a very clear through line of how that's all popping off like that makes that mm-hmm. makes total sense mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and, and and it's it's disturbing because it's mm-hmm. those are the examples where i think as a black man like i can see the embodiment yeah of this um how they say the model minority myth Right. Where it's um, where we're typically told when racist white America is operating to a relative degree of lack of war. Right. We we, we like to have this fantasy imagination that, oh, black people should be more like Asian Americans. Right. They should assimilate more and be more docile and, you know, like all of the, in many ways, negative and positive stereotypes in the white framework of thinking that went into that terrorist shooting up those massage parlors about Asian women, right? Right. Like these are the ways of thinking. This is the popular consciousness that was operating a lot of times in those classrooms at YDS. I believe when my Asian classmates were like, Uh, like, why do you need to be black and Christian? Why do you need to put your blackness before it? And it's like, hmm. That's so, so, okay. I will say too, that I think there's a piece of that too, that's particularly in East Asian communities that I think is like, there's a little bit of a turn in there, at least as a, at least in like Filipino communities, right? Like there's, I think this goes into a piece around colorism and the dynamics between each of those countries and histories, right? Like that, I... I'm struggling here. I'm struggling here. Yeah, I'm I'm finding it I'm finding just kind of like this this real disconnect between those communities sometimes too, right? Like I I I've just been looking at um I'm looking at the ways particularly where like darker skinned Asian communities actually actually are in some ways able to understand that particular framework and resist that in a way that I think sometimes folks in East Asian communities don't do right like yeah right and that and I and I say that as just like Uh, like not as a not as a play or I mean in some ways yes right but also just like acknowledging like that's that's part of the reality that I think we need to be able to contend with Mm -hmm. when when we're Mm -hmm. talking across communities right like colorism (laughs) is a thing is a thing and colorism and colonization even within Mm, mm, Asian communities mm, mm. is is something that like 
we brush it under the same umbrella, but there's actually, there's also like real, real violence in history that that's attached to that too, that I think like, that I don't think have fully been reckoned with right. in the same right. way. That's impacting and th- that's impacting and leads to experiences like I think, like I think you're talking about, right? And, and I, I think, think, again. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 that's it. I was just like, again, like that, that, that three It's line, a clear trajectory. Right. And, and something and that it's, I just noticed. It's funny because, because um, let, let's get to the colorism piece, because I think it it's a clear connection between a few things like and how because the whole point of this is like we need to we need to do a better job of communicating with each other we need Mm -hmm. to do a job a better job of trying to whatever degree we can understand each other's experience for the sake of combating whiteness because again like this shit is killing us right yeah and i think for me it was like hmm where do I want? Uh, give me time. We can edit the pauses out. I, I do a lot of pregnant pauses. <laughs> no, no. You and I are doing the same thing. So one of the challenges that I legitimately had to overcome when you talk about um, internalized racial biases um, and anti-Asian sentiments, right, was because like growing up in Mount Vernon, growing up in the Bronx, New York, um, it was ob- not ob- no. I think it is relatively obvious, and that's not by accident either. Based on historical racism against Chinese people, right? Most yeah. of the Asian people that I was growing up around were Chinese small business owners, um, and it was like, yo, I've I've seen the wildest shit in the projects be like, like the the stereotypical. You order mad Chinese food from the store, and then they you know the route that they coming through, and they gonna <laughs> cut through the park, and then the kids jump out from behind and. Fuck them up and take the food and dip. It's yeah, shit like that, right? And like those are there is validity to you know Asian American communities being critical of not only just lack of black black American support when Asian people are being killed and targeted by violence, but also in some ways us in instances us being the perpetuators of this violence, right? And I can easily see that being a barrier um, for coalition building, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things I had to overcome was understanding like seriously on a serious level, all Asian people are not the same. And Mm. the, 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 the this is some of the very negative, toxic stereotypes that we are taught from a very young age. Oh, absolutely. And it's really hard to break those things like through our education system. And I'm sure like I saw that you you being a fellow educator as well. Like I saw this uh when I was teaching world history. Mm-hmm. It's like the the amount of trying to get similar to the way they treat all people of color yeah. um in Eurocentric curriculums to just lump us in like make a monolithic experience for us, right? So it's like yeah, learning the differences between what it means to be Korean and what it means to be uh Chinese and the various different cultures within China in and of itself and how that drastically differs from the culture in the Philippines and um ho- I hope this is not overstep but it's in the very few limited sources of Asian theology that I've been exposed to um mostly from the context of India mm-hmm. right because I would have loved to take in more Asian theology but you know why do yes they make us take the dead European guys right but it's <laughs> a lot of the sources that I'm dealing with seems to be agreeing on this narrative that the Dalits in India and the Philippines are essentially what black communities would call oh oh those are the niggas of Asia yeah I mean there's a there's you know like they call a this guy Anthony Ocampo um, put out a book called 
you know, the Latinos of Asia talking about Filipinos America, right? Like mm -hmm. there's a, there's sometimes a joke being thrown around, like the way, the derogatory way that, you know, we look on our Latinx siblings, particularly mm -hmm. our Mexican mm -hmm. siblings and the way that they are treated in this country, like that they map those on to the racial formation and identification of, of Filipinos in Asia and not just Filipinos, right? We're talking all Southeast Asia, Cambodian uh, folks from Laos, Vietnamese, um, right? Like folks, folks south of, <laughs> you know, a little, a little, little south of the equator, right? Mm -hmm. the, those mm -hmm. things become a little bit more profound. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, keep going. And, and then no, it's and it's just like one of the conversations that I typically have, and I got into a um, very intense conversation with a family member this summer over things like this it's like yo part of our fucking problem as black americans is we don't we typically are not encouraged to and we don't seek out the opportunity to understand our mm. struggle against whiteness in america as a part a very important part not the most important part but we don't yeah. even want to understand it as a part in a global struggle mm -hmm. against whiteness and for basically for human survival right like, like we we don't want to understand it in that global context and part of that is yeah like we and just as a practical strategy as a practical concrete political strategy to make mm -hmm. the world a better place we have to try our very best to get on some type of unified accord yeah. with all of the oppressed people around the Oh, we absolutely. have to. We got to yeah. do it. Okay, so here's the thing, though, too, right? Like, I think you just kind of mentioning that reinforces it also what we were talking about, about how, like, what is the history that's presented to you about talking about, about Asia, Asian Americans, right? Like, the narr mm -hmm. right? like mm -hmm. the narrative that I think you were fed was a violent one, that mm -hmm. <laughs> violence mm -hmm. in the sense of just erasing, right? Because um, if you bundle it all up and you apply the same stereotypes to every single person in the Asian in the Asian community or even the Asian diaspora, that's that's such an easy way to just sow seeds of division, to sow seeds of um, and I say division in the name of organizing, right? Like not not yeah. the empty unity and division, right, but in the right, name of organizing right. and struggle, right? right? Like right. that that narrative that you you were fed and had to deconstruct is in, is in of itself a result of white supremacy and mm -hmm. whiteness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And I I think and I don't know, just kind of hearing that to me, just like, that's where I feel to your point, like, how do we turn, how do we turn towards, towards even that recognition of seeing that, right? Like, how long did it take you to kind of have to make that turn? Are we able to do that? Can we, can we do that? Even I think, even I think, you know, like, this also trickles down to Asian communities and the anti-blackness in Asian communities, sure. right? Like, sure. <laughs> it's the same sure. thing. And so sure. I know for me, especially too, over the last few years, I've been really trying to be intentional about, you know, like, how do I deconstruct this and see that it isn't that it is about me and my community, but it is also it is none of us are free until all of us are free, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just I feel like I'm rambling now, and I don't think no, no, it's not rambling at no. all. And, and I think to your point about <laughs> anti-blackness in Asian communities, like again, yeah. I think another barrier to this coalition building that it keeps escaping us is we we really have to start dealing um, in nuanced ways in our education system and teaching children how immigrant communities coming to the United States of America, like the come up is to get yourself as close to whiteness as possible. Yeah. Oh, and part absolutely. of whiteness is 
distancing yourself from blackness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that happens i i would argue and we can point to examples of that happening in every immigrant community coming to the united states in large numbers including several black immigrant communities sure. um, but that's a whole nother episode right yeah we got that in the works <laughs> look out for that one we talking about that one but i think particularly with within asian communities right oh yeah getting back to the this myth of the model minority a huge part of that myth is getting as far away of making sure no one can ever confuse you as being like black Americans. Like we're not like that. Right. Like we come over here, we get business loans and Mm -hmm. we start small businesses and we create generational wealth within our family within a matter of 10 to 15 years, give or take. Right. Mm -hmm. Why can't they do it? It's because they're lazy. It's because they're unmotivated. Uh. Right. It's because they don't take their education seriously. And it's like, if we, if we go make this correlation build like we we got to understand like particularly within asian communities let's keep that as the focus right it's Please. the experiences are similar as far yeah. as dealing with the white supremacy they are not the same one of the unique parts of black americans experience and black people that are survivors of chattel slavery in the western world it's like we came over here and the distinction was that we were supposed to be property yeah right it's yeah asian americans coming over here oftentimes by force often and I, I guess we can make the argument that this applies to what's going on with human trafficking right now yeah um, and mm-hmm. that may be relevant to with the shooting in Georgia as well more details will come out I'm sure but it's I'm like sure. I don't think it's a historical stretch to say uh, most of the Asian immigrants coming in droves to the United States were as to be exploited underpaid workers right it was all it was a labor right it was all right. all labor versus you know. underpaid still paid mm-hmm. work exploited still paid black mm-hmm. people were coming over here with the understanding that we are property we are often on the same level as cattle if not dirt. yeah absolutely um, and it's like what that looks like concretely in our political system and our social structures and our economic systems that govern the way we move and dictate them to relate to each other in society is like all of this shit was built with the understanding that we are supposed to be the poorest of the poor like that's the baseline and i feel like a lot of times um black people particularly black americans struggle to build interracial multi-ethnic coalitions because it's sometimes non-black people of color refuse to acknowledge this basic fact and it does prevent barriers yeah right and so i think to your point then right like i think this like just hearing hearing how we're kind of talking through this also gives me like reinforces for me that even before we do any sort of organizing there has to be some sort of reckoning right there has to be a kind of reconciliation in the sense of like of taking accountability and recognizing Mm -hmm. that yeah actually you know like we fucked up (laughs) in some way right and yeah and that to me feel that to me like reads i think that there's a few elements to it one of it is like if we are taking accountability, right, Asian Americans in this community, or um, if we if we do that, like, what does does that weaken our position? Does that make us? I don't know. Like, there, it do, and I know that it doesn't, right? But I I can see it playing out as like, um, I mean, in the same ways that <laughs> they're talking to white people about privilege. 
just won't even taste the cacao. Right, honey. right. Like, right. no, no, we don't want to do this, you know? Right. Because I think part of it is also painful, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's also, there's also a very, there's also, I think, a very valid pain about having to, having to, having to take some kind of accountability for yeah. the ways in which they've, in, yeah. they've also inflicted, yeah. inflicted pain. But I think it's important, right? Like, think Absolutely. if we, if we don't, if we don't do that, then we're starting behind the eight ball, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't even think about like trying to reach out and, and create these coalitions because everybody's nope. stuck in their pain, which yep. is, which is, I get, right. But <laughs> like, and that's the thing it's, yo, we got to unpack trauma on some real yeah. shit. Like, yo, motherfuckers go to therapy, right? Talk with your friends, apologize, work through your shit, because it's, it's almost like I tell my kids all the time, a lot of our problems persist in society because adults making decisions that govern society don't know how to talk about race without mm-hmm. feeling extraordinary levels of guilt and shame. And I don't think there's a problem with, we need to feel the guilt and shame. We yeah. absolutely need to feel it in our bones on an existential level. Right. Because there, 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 there's a divine knowledge in that. It's like, something's oh, yes. off here. This is not how we're supposed to live. This is but not how it should be. There. Right, exactly. That's what it is. That's the great... <laughs> like the source of all ethics right it's like you know deep down like no one really got to explain it like you just know you're not supposed to feel this way but we can't sit there it's like we got to get past that and it's like okay what can we do to make sure we stop feeling this way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and it's like here's what i'll say the the power of a sincere apology and a commitment to change your behavior cannot be overstated oh i cannot be overstated when you acknowledge that guilt and shame you know what it does for the person who who endured that? It validates it. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's that's like that's at the core of it too. Is like knowing that the pain is validated, mm-hmm. knowing that the trauma is real and that mm-hmm. it existed, mm-hmm. right? Like so much of it is like no, we forget, we forgive and forget, we forgive and we forget, and we yeah. move on. Yeah. But that's the that's the way the generational trauma works, right? Boom. Forgiving and forgetting. And so I like all that keeps popping up into my head is like a- accountability, accountability of your own self of your own community is not is not an invalidation but the opposite right Mm, it gives it actually gives way Mm. and it gives substance and it gives like it makes things tangible yeah. for for folks who don't know how to name what the shit that's going down. <laughs> and, and, and in that respect, it's such it's co-creating for the sake of liberation. Yes, like yes. seriously, like this is a divine gift. Like it, it's been implanted in us that we know yeah. when the shit is off. Like we we feel it, right? If we can get past that, we can literally create a new world that hopefully facilitates our survival, right? So like it's we gotta learn to talk about these things and not let the guilt and shame conquer us, right? The next thing I'll say is, and I'm not going to apologize for this. Um, I think both on an individual basis mm-hmm. and on a collective basis. Uh-huh. I think one of the things that people of um, communities of color need to agree upon, uh-huh. let's extend an extra amount of grace towards each other. Come on. Yeah. Or let's Talk try to. It. Let's try um, to. Let's at least try. And, and what that concretely looks like for me is, 
Yeah, real shit. When when um other people of color starting starting first and for, formally with other black people, mm-hmm. and then in addition to that, other non-black people of color when they fuck up. Yeah, I'm gonna go out of my way to be more forgiving towards them than I would for yeah white people in white communities. I would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not gonna apologize for that. No, I think, but I think it's a lot. It's a lost start too, right? Like in some ways, in some ways, I think in the midst of trying to find validation for our pain validation for our traumas we forget that not we forget but i think we subside to some degree that healing is a practice and grace is part of that practice right like if we because we'll what will end up happening is that the poison that sticks around in our bodies will just come out in other ways and continue the same cycle we won't break the cycle then right (laughs) Um, and so I'm with you. I, and that's not to say it's easy, right? <laughs> oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. It ain't easy. Great. Grace is not, is, is easily given, but it's not a, <laughs> or it's and, easily received, but not easily given. <laughs> and see that this, the, um, I, I got an episode coming up with Landon, um, where oh, we're talking yeah. about Bonhoeffer. Oh, nice. Right? So it, it's <laughs> that, that, yo, everybody want that cheap grace. You want that grace that's uh that that's um not gonna cost you anything. Mm-hmm. You want the grace that feels good. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes grace and and I, and I told y'all like we started off this conversation like I'm still uncomfortable with talking about all of the details of the shooting. Uh, yeah, because it's so fucking nasty. Yo, sometimes grace feels nasty. Oh my god! And you got to get your hands dirty. Oh man, mm-hmm. you got to go into the filth. You can't watch feel it. You it can't for watch a little that bit. off in twenty seconds. Yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, we gotta feel it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This shit is nasty, but it's like, yo, that's the work. That's the work. And it's like, what's the alternative? We're going to keep dying. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, exactly. Right. Like there's the, the stakes are too high to treat it as anything lighter than the, than the work actually is. Yeah. You know, I, I just, <sighs> lately, this past few weeks have just been sighing. <laughs> right. And I think, yeah. And I think that's also the part of the work of grace, right? Is like having to hold that, hold all of that too. And at the end of it is sighing and being able to take a breath in doing this too. I don't know. I might be rambling at this point too. Nah, bro. It's yo, get it out. Get it out. For real, for real, man. It is yo, we we this shit is we are living in some very, very, very evil times. Very evil times, man. I wonder I wonder then, you know, just kind of thinking about this, right? Like as 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 like two educators in this spot, right? Like how how are how if you're able to like talking about this, talking about this with your students, right? Cause I think so this might be this might be something we could talk about on another time, but I'm curious uh-huh. because particularly I, I there's always the message that like kids can't actually handle these concepts like you think they, they're they're not able to handle what you're throwing at them and i'm just like but they're feeling it right like yeah. they're experiencing yeah. it yeah and what i would tell i would i would, I would tell them I'm like the only difference between me and them is that i have words to put to it that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean like yeah. so i'm curious yeah you know what i mean so i'm just i'm curious as like i guess as i guess as yeah i'm just curious to see like so, where yeah like where do like uh uh to quote MLK, right? Like the actual good things of MLK, right? Like where do we go from here, right? So yeah. it's like as a teacher, uh, like low key, I've made it a point this year. Um, like I, I, these are the, this is the way I teach my classes essentially. Like like I use Latin American history um, as a way to get kids to talk critically about race. 
about mm. gender, um, about socioeconomic um, discrimination and oppression and what it concretely looks like in society and talk about how they feel about it and what they think should and needs to be done, what they're willing to do about it. Yeah. And it's like, um, in my particular context, I'm dealing with um, predominantly black and brown kids in the inner city of New Haven, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but like real shit, it's, I think all kids across society need to be having conversations like this because that's the only way this shit gets fixed. And it, it, for real, for real. I mean, and yeah, it needs I, to be embedded into the educational system. Like, it's, Oh, it has to be, a. it can't just be, it's not a footnote, right? It's No, no, this is the focus. Like this right. is what you do in history class. This is what you do in your English and literature classes. Right. This You're learning really languages through this context, <laughs> yeah. right? You're writing papers about these things mm-hmm. because Man. it's that that's how you train up a society. Like that's how you train yeah. up a child in the way that they should go. Right. And when they get old, they won't depart from it, right? But you know, now now I'm rambling in, you know. No, no. What black I, Baptist I, preachers doing, just throwing random no, scriptures no, no. at the end of everything. You know? What? You <laughs> You 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 you're talking to a Catholic. I'm learning scripture for the first time. You talking about this? <laughs> okay, see, yo, shout out to Clarence Hardy the Goat, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, man. Look, well, listen, it, it it was good talking to you, but I'm I'm hoping, um, yeah, specifically my prayer after uh this call is uh I'm hoping that uh black black and our black American and our Asian American and Pacific Islander communities, we, we we can love each other. I hope so too. For real. By the grace of God, I hope so. Word, word up. I hope I offered something meaningful. And, oh uh... nah, this was dope, bro. This was dope, man. I'm gonna have to get you back on for a formal episode, but yeah, yeah. That's, I am in. Yeah, We'll be in contact about that. Yes, sir. Oh man.